Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast. Uh, that was the third time I've tried to say my name correctly, so I'm glad I got it right this third time. Third time, lucky. Uh, 152, the episode. Yep. And this fantastic episode features a lot of really cool things. But more importantly, <laughs> more importantly, it's sponsored by the Duke's Golf Course in St. Andrews. Okay, I'm going to be honest with you now. I'm on the um, on the fence about the Duke's. Okay, tell me to- why. Because I just don't know much about it. I've never really heard okay. of it. So sell it to me. Now's your chance. You've got 30 seconds. Time Le- starts now. Less than 10 minute drive from the Old Course Hotel. Tick. You stay at the Old Course Hotel. You overview the St. Andrews golf courses. Correct. Okay. You jump in the car, drive up the road. 10 minutes, you're at the Dukes. Beautiful driveway. On the right-hand side, you've got the car park. You've got actually a little, little top tip. If you chance it right, go down a little bit further towards the main car park and there's seven or eight spots with no one parks in okay. and you're right next to the clubhouse. Okay. Or there's a there's a roundabout outside the front entrance. You can drop your bags off, park up, bags are there. Okay. Yep. Yep. As you walk up the stairs into this beautiful clubhouse, on the right hand side you've got this pro shop, which is absolutely spectacular. It is filled with some of the greatest golf garments in the world. Give you five things it sells. Tea pegs, yep. bottles of water, yep. Mars bars, Dukes, I'm guessing. Duke's merchandise yeah. and uh, Pro V1s with the logo Duke's on it. Done. You walk out the back and into the restaurant yeah. and everything is just done to a class that is above many places <laughs> so that the chairs are beautiful leather. Um, it, it's kind of, it's historic, but it's modern. You walk out the back and you're onto the terrace and from the terrace, you can probably see about six or seven holes of the Duke's, okay? Mm-hmm. Look a bit further. Take your eyes up a bit further. Draw your eyes away from the beautiful Heathland Golf Course up on the hills at St. Andrews. And look over the Bay of St. Andrews. And from there, you will see for miles and miles and miles. I actually don't even know what the next country is from there. Maybe Norway. Yeah. You could see. Um, And from there, you can see the old course. You can see everything from that vantage point. You get back in the clubhouse you order a bacon butty you, you scoff that down you go and hit some balls to the driving range you go and tee it up and you go and shoot 74 you break 75 life is good and you have just accomplished a beautiful day at the dukes golf club course in st andrews i think i'll pass <laughs> <laughs> no it is it, it's it class it's good. very very good so yes. if you are interested in membership corporate days uh, just going out for a really nice um, another option of a golf course at St. Andrews, because often a lot of tourists go to St. Andrews and they'll play multiple different golf courses. Yeah. Put Dukes on the bucket list. It's one to play. Uh, you will not be disappointed. And it's very different style to a lot of the linksy golf courses down nearer to the sea. It's much more Heathland. It's got trees. It's got elevation. It's got less wind, potentially. It's all like well and good, but if I want to find out more information about the Dukes, what do I do? You follow the link, which is 
is thedukescourse.co.uk and that will be put in the video description and also the podcast description. You've earned your crust today. Well done. Um, today, <laughs> <laughs> we've got a guest on later on today. Yes. And th- the story of this guest is fascinating because his golf tour has just been closed yes. down. So for context, we've had the guest in already this morning. We've had a little 40-minute chat. It was very good, very insightful. Um, but yeah, this is... Um, it, it, there's more to professional golf than just the glitz, the glamour, the private jets. This is very much the other side of it. Like the, the, the hardship, the struggle, the fact that one minute you're playing on a tour that's been going for 20 years yeah. and you get a text one morning saying it's closed down. Yeah, so this is so random. We spoke a couple of weeks ago or whenever it was last week about the guy that played on some local PGA stuff and the prize funds weren't great. And we had a quite a good d- debate about that. We had a lot of emails about that, a lot of comments on the YouTube video as well, which was great completely coincidentally, the next day it was announced that the Euro Pro Tour was going to be closing at the end of this season. So the Euro Pro, we do come on to this a bit more in depth in the, in the rest of the podcast, but it's essentially the third tier of golf in you know England and Europe. So you've got the DP World Tour, then you've got the Challenge Tour, and then you've got Euro Pro. And a lot of big name golfers, household names, you guys listening and watching will know, started up on the Euro Pro Tour. It's finito, it's gone, it's finished from this year crazy 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 um so we'll get guests on later on in this episode but before we get on to that we had two previous guests do incredibly well this weekend that is the thing that was noticed if you go on the podcast come on the podcast or if you feature in one of your videos on the main channel there's a good chance that you're going to go on to do great things you might become a new European Tour winner. Yes. You might become a major winner. Yes. You might become the next put-put champion of the year. Yes. We'll but get one... really ripped like we have. <laughs> more importantly, you might also become the champion of the Pro Long Drive Association Championship. This weekend, I think it was over in Vegas, they had the Long Drive, a professional Long Drive Association Championship and my friend, your friend, and the listeners' friends, <laughs> Martin the Monster Borgmeyer. Borgers, to me and you. Won the championship with a long drive of 426 yards. That's insane. What makes it even better? The finalist was between him and household name, professional golfer, major winner, Bryson Shambo, what the hell is happening in the world? It's hard for me to have two of my close mates competing. <laughs> well, you I, had to text them both, didn't you? I did, and it was like, whoever wins is a win-win, but yeah, massive shout-out to Martin. We know from the videos we've done from the podcast and behind the scenes, he is an absolute grafter. He has worked so hard at improving his physique, his strength, all this kind of stuff to become a long driver. And not only that, he's now officially the world's longest driver. How What's the actual... What, what the actual I, think it, I think it is. Well, the, the, the tournament... World long drive champion. Yeah, the tournament is... Uh, it, I think the short is PLD, Professional Long Drive right. Association Championship. So it's quite a long-winded name. But but yeah, you're right. It is the long drive championship of the world. And that much, I mean, it's quite... A, it's, it's a niche sport that's kind of certainly gained a lot more coverage in the last number of years, and certainly since since Martin and, and Kyle Berkshire as well have been so 
prominent in the sport, and then Bryson's done such great things. Not only have Bryson brought it more to the mainstream, he's competing to the uh, literally the elite level, obviously coming second. So it's mad that, isn't it? Since I said to you before, and this is no respect to Bryson again, we are good friends. Um, but I'm kind of for the sport of long drive. I'm quite happy he didn't win. And the only reason I say that is it's nothing against Bryson whatsoever. Is that if he if if a natural <laughs> I lose use a um, term normal very loosely, but if a normal golf professional tour pro won it. Would that then kind of hinder the long drive world? The argument could be it would actually get more eyeballs on it and more awareness. However, if he won it, would it take something off the long, long drive guys? Yeah, that makes no, sense. A hundred percent. Because I feel like long drive is almost like this this crazy almost circus that's that's separate yeah. from real golf. It's great that Bryson's competing and doing so well, but it's really nice that Martin, who's an authentic long driver, won it. I can't comprehend still to that, that that Bryson did come second. It's insane. I mean, that is got to be one of the greatest achievements yeah. I imagine if he won it that would actually become a movie he's the kind of guy i think bryson that if he hadn't been a golfer he wanted to be a whatever he wanted to be he would get to the top of his game in whatever field i think yeah. he's got that drive and that intelligence and, and that desire to do whatever he wants to do and do it well he actually said i'm going to pull it up now because i saw it on his on his instagram last night he actually he put a post out yesterday and there's a line in it which i think is bryson yeah which i think really summarizes him up um Okay, he quoted, you only have one go at the game of life, so why not live a life worth dying for? Why not live a life? Nice. Oh, he smelt <laughs> it with an E, though. Um, but that, isn't that, like, I feel like that really um, uh, kind of describes Bryson's mm. attitude towards anything. Like, he will give it everything, everything, everything. He has put blood, sweat, tears. He really broke himself to become a long-drive competitor. Never mind potential champion. But in the end, there was 20 yards difference. Bryson in the final hit it. That's a lot, isn't it? Bryson in the final hit it 406 yards. That is ridiculous. 406 yards. Like, think of a hole now. Like, a that's a very good par four. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. He's driving the green. Um, And then uh, Martin Borgmeyer hit it 426 yards to become the winner. I wonder if this now, obviously Bryson's long drive journey didn't start because of the long drive. It started to try and improve his golf, which I think it, it has done, hasn't it, really? Um, I wonder now if he'll take a bit of a back seat in the long drive world and still working it for his own actual golf game because you think, on a serious note, he's proved to the world that he's elite at this sport and he's, he's obviously so, so good to finish second against guys whose full-time job is long drive. I wonder if he kind of thinks now, if I keep going, there is a risk of injury. And as, as much as he obviously wants to win something like this, is it worth putting his back out or hurting himself on that quest, which then affect his actual golf and maybe his long-term career? I wonder if there's a balance now of like, right, I've kind of semi-conquered that. I can leave that. Do you think? Yeah, because he's slimmed down a lot recently. Yep. He's not as kind of bulky as he was. And, and as well, it's not as if now, obviously, he's playing on Live Tour. It's not as if now his extra long length is making him win every single week. Like, his, his length isn't massively making the biggest difference to his professional golf game, really, is it? It really seems that that first year after we had a look when we had him on the podcast, his stroke average dropped by at least one or whatever it was. And he obviously um, went on to... Did he win his major after yeah. that? Yeah. Um, so it did help him. Like you said, recently it doesn't seem to be... But I suppose then you could argue if he wasn't as long as he is now and he was 30 yards shorter, would he be doing worse than he is now? Mm. So it's hard to, hard to really measure. But yeah, I think it's a balance now of like he's proved he's very competitive at this, but maybe it's time to just part the long drive and not risk that injury. Yeah, it's, I mean, because 
even things like remember the Open, the big talk around the Open at St yeah. Andrews this year. Like someone like Bryson. I remember we played it obviously a couple of times this year. It's like Bryson could rip this place up. And he, and he didn't. But I wonder as well, though, now more guys are on this journey. Obviously, guys like Rory is already stupidly long, but like Matt Fitzpatrick has gained a yeah, lot of distance. Huge. Kind of been slept on a little bit. We saw it, obviously, in the US Open when he won. But he's gone on that. Obviously, because he didn't fill out like Bryson. It wasn't much of a talking point. But you see his ball speed now comfortably over 180. And he yeah. was normally quite a short guy. Yeah, he was. So there's, I suppose that now Bryson's led that real kind of conquest for distance because more guys are doing it maybe out with maybe not as much media attention they're all semi kind of catching him potentially or at least improving themselves I, I, 100% there was something I actually really enjoyed and quite sadistic of me this weekend <laughs> I think it was Friday okay the weather here in the UK was absolutely horrendous mm-hmm. like storms were coming in and everything like horrendous Um, the Dunhill Championship was taking place. Yes. Okay. And if you don't know the Dunhill, it's um, over Carnoustie, St. Andrews, Kings Barnes. Rate those courses one, two, and three out of your opinion right now. Oh, God, Kings Barnes is my number one. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, I have I to say that. it. St. Andrews, Carnoustie. Yeah. And <clears throat> on Friday, so this this event, it's kind of quite a fun event on the European Tour, DP World Tour, where there'll be some big name professionals mm-hmm. such as Rory, Matt Fitzpatrick, who we just spoke about is what's kind of reminded me of this story now. Um, and then they will have a either celebrity playing partner or like Matt Fitzpatrick played with his, his mum. It's cool. That. And like sometimes they play with sponsors and Rory McIlroy played with his dad and things like this. Watching them on Friday, trying to battle around those golf courses in the worst conditions possible was so much fun. Yeah. Watching. Honestly, it was amazing. Even the commentators were like struggling to commentate on it because they were getting blown around and all sorts. But still, still under those conditions, they could still play good golf. I think it's good to see that. We, we obviously played the old course for the very first time and it was horrendous. It was just, it was <laughs> the, the worst the I've worst. ever played in. If it wasn't the old course, we wouldn't have played. 100% we wouldn't have played. But that is still part of the game of golf. And sometimes when you think back to like, certainly Lynx golf and Scottish golf, although it really is very sunny up there a lot of the time, that is how golf should be played as yeah. well, I guess. Yeah. So it's kind of nice sometimes to see these guys. And I think you can learn because, <clears throat> sorry, a lot of amateur golfers, some don't want to play in the rain, but equally a lot do because they, you know, they've got a weekend free where they've booked to play golf. They don't want to let a bit of rain stop them. So you can learn from watching these guys how they battle and, and how they kind of persevere. Uh, what the resilience me, was mad. Give me three tips for playing in the rain. Uh, waterproof gloves 100% like it is an absolute essential yeah. isn't like the ones that like Mac wets where they get better the wetter they are they're, they're unbelievable and yeah. you don't have to take them off at any point like they, they feel good enough because they're a different material to leather yeah. you can actually put in them um, like two gloves they, just the grippiness is brilliant extra towels in the bag yes like we, we got get more towels <laughs> in your bag and if I'm honest just really good waterproofs yeah so the three things that you need for actual tips playing wet in wet conditions is change your expectation levels for that day. Like I'm just I'm just flicking through the scores here. Honestly, I'm seeing one score break seventy on on Friday. Which was that at all three courses though? Or was the one course? It's that all was worse? a bit of a mixture. Alex Norrin shot sixty nine around somewhere. Sorry, I don't actually know where he played on that day, but um, McElroy, for example, was playing at. Kings Barnes that day, he shot 75. That was tough. He shot 75 at Kings Barnes that day. Like, well, you've played that in the world. So I've got something in throat. <coughs> Sorry. 
I played that in the wind with. That was horrendous. Oh, actually, Richard Mansell, sorry, also shot 68 on that Friday. But honestly, the score average is probably 76 that day. Yeah. That's crazy. So, so your, your expectation levels need to change, definitely. And then just, just daft top tips, like chipping and putting into greens can be very different. Like when you chip, your ball will react differently on the green. Sometimes yeah. you'll hit a bit of a wet puddle and the ball will stop. Sometimes it'll skip a little bit across Absolutely. the surface. It depends on the height that you play your shot from. But more importantly, just go out there and, and try and smile. Like it's, You don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to be there, but just go out and just try and smile. Can I give you a tip? Don't have an OT breakfast bar before doing a podcast. It's really <laughs> in my throat. <laughs> it's not great. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I watched quite a bit of it. Uh, Ryan Fox ended up becoming the winner. Weirdly, a name I feel like it was so dominant for so long. He's never played in the Masters, Ryan Fox. Wow. This time, because he won the Dunhill, he'll be playing in the Masters next April. I can't believe that. Why does that get him in? Just um, I'm guessing Order of Merit or whatever it uh, may be. Because I think he's second now in the race to Dubai. All oh, right, okay. Um, also, he wasn't even con- really a pick for uh, President's Cup that was recent. Mm. Yeah, I feel like Ryan Fox is a pretty... I don't yeah. know. I feel like he's he's done incredibly well. Like he's won quite a bit. I know he lost in a playoff this year. Um, oh god, I can't think who it was against now. But I know he's done. He's been in a couple of playoffs this year. Um, also, there was a couple of golfers copying me this week. Okay, copycats. What were they? Fine chips. Fine chips. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I fine chips. Shooting seventy sevens. Uh, no, they were they were copying me, but not quite doing it right. Elaborate. Eighteenth hole. Ah. Old course. We're talking big bounces. They tried to take the Ricky Shields line. Bit awkward. So Alex Norrin did it. Did it work for him? Alex Norrin did it. He was one shot behind the lead, or two shots behind the lead at the time. He pushed it. It was a a bit of a dodgy swing. He pushed it way right onto the road, shouting four. Yeah. Been there, done that. Who's not done that? Do you (laughs) know what I mean? Who's not not shouted four down the the, uh, road on the old course, road course 18th? Ricochets off, bounces across the green to about 34 and didn't hold it for eagle. <laughs> Pathetic. Amateur. And then Mark Noble. Yeah, West Ham. Legend. West Ham player. He also did it. He's went into the um, road and bounced back kind of on the fairway. You know what's mad? Your one at the old course was obviously one in a million. But in, th- yeah, in theory, if you do hit it to the right on 18, because of the way it's, it's, it should always bounce back, really. You've got a wall. That's what I mean. You've got like a wall. <laughs> And the, the way fence of, is like picketed. Yeah, it should always come. But having said that, and it's it, easy to say this now, you should never miss right on that hole. Never. There's so much room left. I'm actually worried the next time I play that golf course. I'm worried now because of what you've done. That I'm going to do like, it. I feel like it's so ingrained in my brain. I can't imagine a different way of doing it. Yeah, it's um, it's it's the widest hole. One and eighteen <laughs> is the widest hole in the world, but yet one of the scariest. Certainly so coming good. up eighteen. So good. Yeah. So there was a couple of guys on there copying, um, but. Bar watching a bit of the, the Dunhill, a bit of sadisticness, I watched the last few holes of, of LPGA with Charlie Hull won, uh, English girl, and that was a that was a, actually a really good last few holes. He shot 64 to end up winning. Um, I think Charlie Hull is one of those stars that I feel like I've known for like for so long, certainly here in the UK, like she kind of shot to stardom as, as this young superstar. And I'm sure probably to her own right, she never quite fulfilled her full potential mm. um, it's good seeing her win on on lpj tour that might catapult her career um but not apart from that there wasn't loads of professional golf was there this week 
No, um, your well, I was gonna say your football team, but are they still? Man United got beat six three. So you, what, what are you doing now with football? I feel like you're kind of off it now. Is it gone? Was that a bit last year? Can I be or? honest with you? Yeah. Okay. So I went Sports off City now. I went off it big time. Yeah. Okay. I really, I, I, I was done. Yeah. With football. Okay. Start this year. Done with it. This year started, and obviously the first two games didn't go to plan. You were definitely off it then. Eric Ten Hag and all this jazz, and get him sacked, I was saying. Yeah. Two games in, get him sacked. F the Glazers, you kept saying. Get him out. Then we went on a little run. Yeah? Beat Arsenal. Beat a few other teams. Okay? You guys were doing terrible. Yeah, we still are doing really. terrible. And you beat us. And you beat you, and we beat you. So, we've had a bit of a break. Quite a long break, international break, and obviously... You know, the passing of the Queen delayed football as well. I came back genuinely su- Sunday morning with a buzz of excitement about myself. Like thinking, Derby Day. Do you know what I mean? I'm a big red. I'm there waking up. Red boxers on, red T-shirt on, you know. Scarf, middle of the day. United scarf. <laughs> and uh, genuinely buzzing. And then five minutes into the match, I just turned, pretty much turned it off. Done with it now. No, no, I, I did actually watch it, but it was hard to watch. Mm. How good is Haaland? Unbelievable. He's just a natural finisher. Is he not? Like You almost can't compare. What are you doing right now? You can't compare him to any other sports I think it's person. 14 goals in eight games for the Premier League. Took him eight games to get three hat-tricks. <laughs> what the? It's outrageous, isn't it? So, yeah. Anyway. Um, just last thing on golf before we try and attempt to do it. That's all we can do for football. So don't worry. If you're not into soccer, football, um, that's all we can really deliver because we don't know much more than that, do we really? You know, I did see, though. Try and talk like you know about football. <laughs> I did see one thing that upset me yesterday. Go on. So um, the match had finished, yeah. okay? I was driving home where I'd been and um, I stopped off at Little Tesco, okay? Sunday afternoon, the only place that's open, mm-hmm. really, and it's Little Tesco. Get a few bits and bobs. Claire went in to get some bits and bobs. So I was sat in the car with the kids. And a guy walked past me with a Man City shirt on. Okay. You get out and start on him. Horrible, horrible man. Right. Walks past. I'm sure he was a lovely man, but he walked past with a Man City shirt on. He went in, grabbed whatever he needed. Probably champagne. Probably picking up champagne for his celebrationary win. Champagne and cigars. As he walked back out, I was like, there he is again. And he walked past the car and on his back, he had, and this this is decent, Mm -hmm. 50 odd year old man. Harlan number nine on his back. I was like, nah, don't Shirts, do that, mate. Shirt works. Could deal with the shirt. I don't think you should have Harlan number no, nine not, on your not back. Not really. Really. You know what I mean? Anyway, saddle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some good news for everyone listening and watching. Uh, review season is fast approaching us, <laughs> and you know where to go to watch your reviews of golf equipment, the best reviews in the world. I couldn't name another channel. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are definitely going to be reviewing it. Well, Rick's going to be reviewing everything. Um, we might we might do it a little bit different this year. Where, for example, let's say Titleist TSR and TSR the TSR two and TSR three, instead of kind of doing the, the full shebang review, we might even just go out and play it with a break, uh, play with them in a break seventy five. Well, that's it. I think when you the, the normal way of review, reviewing golf, which you've done for a long time now, and it's it's really good, is obviously hitting balls in GC quad, looking at numbers, taking it onto the golf course, some kind of real life experience. But at the end of the day, you know these are going to be fast off the face like they were last year, the year before, like Pingar, like Callaway Art, etc. So like you said, maybe actually going onto the golf course with them. You sometimes almost learn more, don't you? When you know it's like um, a hole where you can't miss left, you've got a bit of leeway right, you want to kind of hit one straight with a slight block if necessary to avoid the rubbish or whatever. It, it gives that more, you, you know more about it than just whacking balls in the range. You, so, yeah. You need, you need to know 
Like when you've got your own driver and you're out on the golf course and you and you stun that team, I need a good one here. Yeah, you need to be able to stand with the driver. That you go, and I feel like I can do that with this driver. And I think as well, you also want to know what you misses. Correct. Which sometimes when when you're just hitting balls on a range on GC quad, you can almost disregard the misses because it's easy to. Because you just focus on the good ones. But every driver now hits good good shots. It's how does that work when you hit that Healy one? Does it still get out there? Does it still, you know, go forward? That's probably now the only big dividing factor between these drivers, yeah. isn't it, really? But the, I think the big thing that gets over, well, hopefully we don't overlook it too much, but it's how a club makes you feel. Yeah. And it sounds silly. Obviously, we're, we're both using the Ping G425 Max. And looking down, it's not the prettiest. I'm not the fan of the turbulence. It doesn't sound good it at all. It doesn't sound very good either. But it's so, the footprint is so big that for me, that gives me confidence and I need confidence from a driver these days. I was always a massive Titleist fan. Certainly, well, I am still with drivers. I used to love them, 983K, all these drivers years ago. Now when I put them down, even the TSR2, they almost look just too per-shaped yeah, for me. The I just have no, I, I just, even if that driver performs great, maybe that would build my confidence over time. But in the short term, I couldn't play golf with it. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't feel confident at all. So that's a big thing that, you know, we, we need to think about as well with the reviews and we will do going forward. It's like, actually being on the golf course is so beneficial. I, I also feel like shiny-headed drivers just yeah. put me off. I always feel like I'm looking at my reflection or yeah. looking at Certainly the sun. Certainly when you've had a one for a while. Yeah, I feel like when you've got a shiny driver sometimes behind the ball, like there's just there's a lot going on mm. because it reflects everything that it's seeing. Yeah. Where a matte driver, like the Ping or something, or there's obviously other brands that do matte drivers, there's nothing but just club head. Yeah. You don't see anything externally. Quick note, Friday, break 75, West, West Lanks Golf Club, what a course. Um, good edit on that. We've seen some. Oh bits yeah, it's of class. It. That was where I had my only ever official hole in one. Or oh, did you get another one this week? Maybe. No, I didn't. No. But <laughs> I, was quite, I was pretty close. But yeah, that's that's where the the the, uh, the home. I know we spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. Like my nightmare. It's, I feel like it is my nightmare nemesis golf course. I feel like I'm racking up quite a few of those nemesis golf courses now. But that's one of them. Um, We've also got another break seventy five in the can at uh, Wilmslow. But I don't want to talk about that one at all. So let's just not mention that because it's just not I've really actually just yeah my medal. Yeah, what's it's the the, no, no, the no, door. No, no, what's what? that? What? Go on. Oh, all right, it's just my editor talking into my ear. Oh, is it gone? Oh, that. That SD card's corrupt. Yeah. Oh, no. not corrupt. Oh, no. No. Yeah. No. Guy, oh, guy, it's corrupt. Yeah. So like, this is going to be a week on Friday, it's so um, hold your horses. I'm booking the day tell, off. Tell, tell your wife you off. ain't going out to get a nice bottle of red, get I'm, the TV on, get I'm, YouTube on. I'm deleting YouTube that day. And relax, because you're going to see Guy trying to do what he does best. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about. All right. And other things. Um, right, without further ado, let's get our guest on. Um, as we mentioned at the start of the podcast, um, this tour player, well, it's, it's called Reese Nevin, um, local lad, he is currently playing on Europro Tour, 24 years old. He was currently playing on Europro Tour because next year it's going to be closed down. So let's find out what Reese thinks of it. Uh, pl- Turn pro plus six. That isn't bad, is it? We're also going to shoot a video this afternoon, which in this podcast will tell you what that is. Unbelievable. Great, great concept. Great idea, guys. Thank you very much. Cheers. And um, it might make Reese much better off. Well, what I've not told you is that I already spoke to Reese this morning. And I said to him, look, I'll get you a few quid here, but I want 10%. (laughs) So 
it's um, <laughs> going to be a good day for me and for Reese. Um, so l- without further ado, let's get Reese on the podcast. Make sure you are liking, commenting, rating the podcast. Don't forget emails at podcast at rickshields.co.uk. Check out the Facebook page, Rick Shields Golf Show Podcast. I think I've covered everything. Ideally, email podcast at rickshields.com so we do get them, not .co.uk because they won't come to us. Either way. <laughs> Either way. Just just whatever. Send the pigeon. <laughs> yeah, that'll actually get to us. We shall see you next week and uh, enjoy this really good chat with Reese and his future in professional golf. Well, Reese, thank you for coming on the podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Another tour pro. Yes. But with a with a very different type of story, yeah. which I'm really interested to delve into today. Yeah. Tell me a little, give the audience a bit of a background. When was it you turned pro? So I turned pro last year after spending uh, five years in America at the University of Tennessee. Um, nice. Best five years of my life. Was it good? Um, well, we have a lot of American listeners. Yeah. And is that regarded as a really big kind of college out there, big school? Um. Yeah, it's in the SEC, which is a, a really strong conference. Um, golf-wise, it's on the way up. They're a, kind of the top 10 in the country at the moment. Um, but football, I mean, there's the stadium holds un- over 100,000 people. It's insane. <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely yeah. mad. You know what? I still don't feel like I know enough about like college sports. Even when you said, what was it, SEC you said then? Yeah. I don't know what that is, no. even. It's is like... It um, South, South well, there's, o- there's probably over... 500 universities in America and they all get split into little conferences. Um, so SEC is a good one, uh, like Power 5, Big 10. But yeah, a lot of people don't know about it in, in the UK and I get a lot of people asking me if they should go and I'm like, go. Yeah. Or or visit. If you go on a visit and you see what it's like, it'll, you'll make your mind up pretty quickly. So you are out there for five years? Yeah, it should have been four years, but um, because of COVID, I... Got to spend an extra year out there. And did you did you know all about like the college setup before you went, or did you learn once you're out there? I learned once I was out there. I was in the England boys squad at the time, and I got the chance to play in the junior players at TPC Sawgrass. And um, a lot of the coaches were there, the university coaches, and then um, a couple of them, you know, like like my game and I got the chance to visit the universities and learn more about it and uh, I was sold straight away. Am I right in saying though that they have to be very careful don't they? Oh there's so many rules there's so many rules about like they can't like give you a backhander can no, they? No 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 so many they can only approach you like a certain amount of times um yeah it's, it's, it's and, crazy. And did you have any like outlandish kind of offers like was there a you know, Reese, you can come to Tennessee. Lovely place, lovely place to live. And also there's a house with your name <laughs> on it, ready for you to move into. Like, is there yeah. not a bit of that going on? It's yeah, not hard to for, say. For, <laughs> yeah, for, for golfers, not so much. For the football players that are playing in front of 100,000 people and bringing in all the money, maybe. But they, those guys get famous, don't they? The ones who are like the NFL players. Well, not NFL, but American footballers. They yeah. must be like well-known on campus and stuff. Yeah, it's funny. You'll be in, in class and you'll be sat next to the quarterback. And then on the weekends, he's playing in front of... You're watching him playing in front of 102,000 people. And he's on the news. and all, But then in class, it's, he's just a normal student. No way. I can't get over that. Like, is that not just outrageous pressure for these lads? Yeah, they get a lot of support. Um, but it, 
it prepares you well for pro sports and mm. I think it's it's a really good way of doing it. And so you see that obviously in the in the football, American football for us. What's that like in the golf space? I'm guessing you're not getting a hundred thousand people watching no. every tournament. Do you even get spectators at your tournaments? Um, at the bigger ones, you might get a, a couple of spectators, but and the, uh, one good thing is some um, some of the tournaments are covered by Golf Channel, and um, that's Golf Channel are doing that more and more, um, more and more often, and that prepares you really well for pro golf. But in terms of spectators and attention from the news and stuff golfers yeah so you're not getting stopped in the halls by screaming fans <laughs> i didn't want, get i wasn't giving them. out many autographs or anything. <laughs> you're not getting cheerleaders on the yeah. first tee you're so. not a jock are you for a golfer <laughs> yeah. 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 did you ever transition while you're out there in trying different sports or, or once you're over there and obviously golf is your thing yeah do you just stick to that obviously yeah golf was the main focus but um it's good to watch the other sports, basketball and ice hockey, um, two sports that I didn't really watch at all before going to America. They're really good sports. Um, basketball, foot, American football, they're, I mean, really hard. Have you ever thrown a basketball? Well, I have or, thrown a basketball uh, in, my, in my time, like, yeah. I don't, they make it look so easy from the three-point line. And, oh, it's mad. It's a long way, actually, when yes. you look at it. It is a long way. It's like, and their accuracy is just yeah. a, a joke. And you see the... The NFL players throwing a football 50 or 60 yards. Yeah, that's impressive. Because you've yeah. you ever tried, like, throwing a golf ball? Like, it's yeah, hard. Yeah. Like, you think, I could probably get to that 100 yards, and you throw it, it goes, like, 30. You go, oh, that's actually really yeah. quite hard. <laughs> what I'm impressed with so far, you've not come back with an American twang. No. I think when I... So I'd come back over at summer and Christmas, and I would have an American twang for maybe a day, but being around my friends and family, it'd go straight away. <laughs> would so, they take the mick out of you? Yeah. Would yeah, they? Yeah. You couldn't get away with it. And a few words as well, would uh, they stuck with me, like maybe saying sure or... Uh, Trash. Or, yeah. No, <laughs> Sidewalk. Not, not I want some candy. Yeah, <laughs> not quite on that level. So when you went out, you were 19 when you went out to America? Or yeah, you were younger, 18, 18? 18, 19. Playing off what handicap at that point? Um, well, I'd, my handicap didn't, change when I was over there I didn't get an American handicap so I probably went there plus four, four plus five and okay. then I turned pro off plus six. So. so 18 you're off plus four you are in the England squad you're doing pretty well have you have you won some tournaments at that point in time? Um, I didn't win any national tournaments I did well and that's uh, maybe like top tens and then I'd go abroad to play for England and just off those results that's what got me into the squad. Nice. Um, so, but no national wins at that point. Ever like knocking on door of like Walker Cups or things like that? Yeah, they, that was always my goal. I came up just short. In, so when I got back from America, um, my biggest win was the Walton Heath Trophy. Oh yeah, um, which was good to win a lot of good good names on that trophy. And that and that what put you almost into the Walker Cup team, or did you need to do more to get into that team? I, I needed to I needed to do more, but it was at a time where I wanted to turn pro okay. and especially after getting that win I was like right, I've got the big amateur win that I wanted to get before I was going to turn pro and after doing that I was I was excited yeah so plus six you officially turned pro turn pro yeah last year was that yeah so not around, really really around recent. August last year probably close to a year ago so explain to the to the listeners and viewers right now because pro golf has many many different levels as I'm sure yes. you've You've already probably already know, and I think 
even me, I've, I've been in the golf industry for 20 odd years. Even I feel like I'm o- only really just understanding how many different layers there are. Yeah. You turn pro and what's your first pathway? What can you, like, you're not suddenly going entering PGA Tour events or DP World Tour events. Yeah. Where, where's your entry level? So at that, at that time of year, I there are certain tournaments you, you can actually pay to enter. Um, so I wanted to play in some of those to experience what it's like playing for money and the type of competition I'm going up against. So that was more of like Jamaica Tour events, okay. if you've heard of yeah, that. Yeah. And, um, that's in Spain, is it? Or is no, it that's over here. That's oh, is it in there. the UK? Yeah. Uh, so Jamaica Tour, you have 2020 Pro Tour. Yeah. Um, a couple of other ones where you can that you can pay to enter and they run an order of merit system alongside that if you play in so many events. Um, and then I turned pro just before Euro Pro Q School, which is, I would say, the third tier. So you have DP World, Challenge Tour, and then Euro Pro, yeah. um, which is like the third tier. But you do have to uh, go through Q School to get a card for that. And you did pretty good at Q School. Uh, yeah, I... Came tied first. In, okay, in so you won it. <laughs> you won Q school, basically. I wanted to win it, but I came tied first. <laughs> so what What? What sort of scores? And First off, how many rounds is Q school just to get in Euro Pro? Uh, you have a first stage and a second stage, both three rounds. And again, I think for our US listeners, just to really clarify, and even our global listeners, Euro Pro Tour is not European Tour. It's obviously yep. very, very, very different. Like, even though it sounds like the same words, I think yeah. a lot of Americans maybe call the the European tour the Euro the Euro Pro tour, yeah. Yeah. where it's not Euro, well, Euro Pro Challenge Tour, DP World Tour, which used to be European. What's tour. the? That's hard to say. What's the typical first place prize amount on the Euro Pro? Euro Pro Tour. Every tournament this year is twelve and a half thousand. Twelve and a half, um, and then yeah. Tour Champs, which is in a couple of weeks, they double money. Right. So to win, uh, winning you earn twelve and a half thousand. Yes. So that's not the prize fund as such. No, the prize fund is I think between forty and fifty. Everyone who makes the cut gets paid. And how, how are these? How are these? Comp- how are these tournaments at this level stumping up that much money? Um, it's ex- it's expensive to play. You you pay f- three hundred pounds to enter, um, and then wow. they run a pro am alongside it which i'm guessing generates some money and then the courses i think put up a fee to play as well uh, to host the tournament oh so the, the course pay to host an event from yeah from what i've heard yeah that's interesting and you've been on this tour now for one full year 2022 2022 one one full year i've got one tournament left to play and um yeah first and last and that is it then <laughs> So the breaking news that came out last week, which yeah. was a real, real kind of curveball, the Euro Pro Tour, which we are talking about right now, the tour that you are currently on, yeah. your tour, yeah. is ending at the end of this year. It will not continue into 2023. That's right. They've um, been going for 20 years, and there was an announcement on Wednesday, and that was the first time the pros found out as wow. well. So we got an email in the morning, and few minutes later it was posted online and um, that's the first we heard of it but after 20 years it's the um, it's ending why um from what i've heard it's financial um it because sky sports um broadcast the event as well which i'm guessing is very expensive and they they can't do it anymore 
That's Stop. it. Yeah. End of. Done. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you and all the other players now on Europro Tour going to do? Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, and it it's sad for, I think, you know, pros and pro golf in England as well because you'll have a lot of more people going over to different countries to play um, and you want your best English pros playing in England, surely. Um, there's a few other tours that might, I know, have you heard of Clutch Pro Tour? Yeah. Yeah. So like J- Jamaica, 2020 tour, Clutch Pro, they might benefit in the short term potentially. Yeah, I've played in a few uh, Clutch Pro Tours and they're really well-run events and they play at some really good venues. Um, and from what I've seen on social media, they seem very enthusiastic about taking up the, the slack and maybe changing their tour to accommodate more players. But a little bit like, obviously, in the Football League, you can get promoted. Yeah. Obviously, if you do well in the Challenge Tour, you get then obviously a DP World Tour card. Mm-hmm. Was that not the same if you did well in the Euro Pro, you'd get a Challenge Tour card? Yeah, so top five in the order of merit moved up to Challenge Tour. And some of the players that have got top five, you saw Richard Mansell this weekend yeah. in the Dunhill Links. He came from Euro Pro Tour. And was it Tyrrell Hatton as well? There was somebody else some, that was a big... There's some really big names, but, yeah. but I suppose that then, for someone like yourself who's just turned pro and you, 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 know, you get onto the Euro Pro Tour and you're doing quite well... That gives you a clear vision. I know there's also Q School as well for the European Tour, but that gives you a clear vision of, well, if I do well on this tour, I can yeah. then get promoted, essentially, to Challenge, and then can get promoted again to the DP World. How will that now work with these other tours, like the Clutch Tour, for example? Will they give a clear pathway up into Challenge Tour, do you think? Or Yeah, Clutch Pro have a good relationship with Challenge Tour. They already offer um, spots if you win their event. Um, you might get a Challenge Tour spot. I'm not sure how it works with an actual Challenge Tour card. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of good players that have got the card through um, EuroPro, and you might not see like journeys like Richard Mansell, who's nearly won the Dunhill, and yeah. Well, he was. He was leading. Was he leading by three going into the final round at the Dunhill? Yeah. Yeah. Who who was running the EuroPro tour? Is it is it a European tour? It was it's the not, PGA. Was it Matchroom as well? Matchroom, uh, Barry Hearn. That's right. Yeah. So. So who whose actual decision yeah. does it does it fall to this this tour closing down? I'm sure there's a board, but is there a is there yeah. a, an actual tour? For example, because it says I here think on the, it is, Matt on the website it says you know UK's number one golf tour, yeah. an official satellite of the European tour. Yeah, so it it is like a feeder because there's Alps tour as well that feeds players into Challenge tour, and there might be a couple of other ones, but it, they must be associated in some way with the. DP World. But when you say the PGA, is that the PGA like Professional Golfers Association? Yeah, the, the full UK? the full title is PGA Euro Pro Tour. So the PGA is in what I'm a member of. The PGA yeah. uh, being a PGA golf professional. That is yeah. that is what's running this. I think so. Well, you know Matchroom, the Eddie Hearn. Yeah. So they obviously have boxing, other sports. I knew I knew all this already, but I'm looking on their website now. They are the guys that that basically have Euro Pro. Um, and you look at some of the tour alumni. Tommy Fleetwood, yeah. Eddie Pepperell, Tyrrell Hatton, Louis Tazen, Aaron Rye, list goes on, Robert Rock, Lee Slattery. So a lot of these... Like, Charles Schwartz, yeah, Brandon like, Gray. Some big names, that like you said, have, have, have come from this. I'm guessing, again, we probably should do a bit more looking into this, but like you said, for them, it's just not financially viable. Um, and that's why they're kind of shutting up shop. But how, how many tour pros now are on this tour, Europro? Um, they must have nearly 200 members. I think each tournament host has 156 players. Um, they do do a Monday qualifying, 
So say three or four get in from that, so you you must have 130, 40 members of the tour um, teeing up each week. And sorry to sound super raw right now. Yeah. When you got the news last Wednesday, like, yeah. what was your initial feelings? Um, it was disappointing to get it so late and not have any notice. Um, and obviously now there's a lot of uncertain uncertainty about what next year is going to look like. But hopefully it turns out to be a good thing and the tours do step up and give the pros, um, you know, a good opportunity. And it might, ter- it might turn into a, a good thing. Yeah, at the moment, a lot of uncertainty, and uh, yeah, it's sad. I think it's sad for pro golf. I mean, um, the top level of the game is experiencing trub- some troubles with like Live and uh, PGA and DP World Tour, and now the third tier, a big part of the third tier of the UK pro golf scene is gone. So it's sad. Do you, do you think as well? It, it's quite a tough one because obviously. For viewers at home now, like you're saying, then there's there's the PJ Tour to potentially consume. There's Live. There's the DP World Tour. There's lots of golf. There's obviously mm-hmm. all stuff on YouTube as well. And, LPGA, and as LPGA, well. yeah. You know, LET. There's lots of, of of content to consume. And then you've also got then the Challenge Tour, and then you've got you see, the third tier, the Euro Pro. It's a bit different with football and the tier system because you're going to support your team no matter what league yeah. they're in, or you should do anyway. That's the idea. So if your team gets demoted to League Two, you're still going to watch them or or be interested in the results, etc. But and obviously this is no disrespect whatsoever, I have never watched a Euro Pro event, yeah. even when it is on TV, because for me it's just A, another golf tournament that I'm not invested yeah. in. So, I mean, for you guys playing, obviously that's your bread and butter. But do you think maybe these these kind of smaller tours, if they want to attract more eyeballs, which therefore going to get more investment and help you yeah. guys as well, should they try and switch up the formats maybe, mm. make them more, maybe a bit more like Live have been, a bit more shorter form or shotgun start or... Could they do something to make the product more exciting for people to watch? Maybe do you think? Yeah, I mean that's a good, a good idea. Um, I think it's funny you mentioned the um, you brought in the football and different you know fan supporting. I think it was um, imagine if the tier three of English football just said you know well, that's literally <laughs> what it's like. <laughs> yeah, it'd yeah. be absolute uproar. Yeah, but the thing is, like you say, you, you fans are so deeply rooting the connection of those teams yeah, yeah. in League 3, yeah. that's why they'd be uproar. Because the fans would just go crazy because their town, their village, their city that they live in, their football team has just been, you yeah. know, gone. Yeah, there'd be protests <laughs> and yeah. Gary Neville would be on the TV. <laughs> he would. <laughs> well, like, for, for you guys, you know, it's horrible. I'm sure your friends and family are absolutely devastated for you, as you are. Yeah. But that doesn't go much further than that. No, like, you have a very little close pockets. circle. Yeah. And I think... All the pros are, are in the same position, and all the pros on tour, because we are in, all in the same position, we all quite we'll get along really well. And you know, we were sending messages that w- Wednesday morning, kind of didn't expect that. Um, but yeah, very close circle in golf, and you don't have the kind of um, massive following, especially on the third tier. I think what must be difficult as well is obviously people that play on the tour are in different parts of the career, different ages. Obviously, you're, they say you're 24 before. 24, yeah. So you're young, right at the start of your journey. And obviously, again, no respect to Euro Pro, but your aspirations, I'm guessing, are much higher than that to get onto DP World yeah. and maybe PJ Tour and, and have an amazing career, which hopefully I'm sure you will to do. Yeah. But there's going to be some guys who might be mid-30s, early 40s, who maybe have a, have a shop or a business that play Euro Pro occasionally. And they, might almost, they, they know they can't really get on the, on the DP World at their age maybe now. 
I bet those guys yeah. feel it in a different way as well. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, everyone has their own situation. Like there's people with kids on that tour. Yeah. Um, you know, they have ev- a few guys might have sponsors that they've committed to for a couple of years, and now who knows what will happen with that. So, um, yeah. And at this level, you're a pro. Do is it everybody's almost full time job, or or have people got other jobs to support? Um, I'd say for probably six months of the year, most people are full-time golf. Like, after my season finishes, then I might have to, you know, find a job for a bit of income and while the season isn't as busy. Uh, but most of the people are playing full-time and most of the people might be f- funding it themselves or funding it through a sponsor, um, it's very expensive. It's very, very, very different to the glam lifestyle yeah. that people's perception of, yeah. of like private jets, yeah. you know, <laughs> huge mansions, Ferraris. It's a lot of driving, a lot of hotel rooms, and you can play good golf and still lose a lot of money that week. It's quite crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I've got a weird question for you. <laughs> okay. Cool. Do you think there's too many professional golfers? Um, trying to compete. Do you think there's enough room for everybody? That is a good question. Because uh, if you've yeah. got the money, to some degree, like, could I play the Europro event, or do I have to qualify? If uh, I if I stumped up my money, yeah, you would have to. You don't have a card, so no. you would have to qualify. Right. So that's why I'd, I'd get filtered out. Quite <laughs> <easily>. <laughs> but I'm trying to work out like anyone anyone can turn pro. Yeah. Any any. Golfer in yep. the world can turn professional. Like, there's yep. no actual limits on it. Like, I remember a story years ago, uh, Sir Bobby Charlton, who used to play for United, legend, and uh, he got a hole in one. And at the time, mm. you could only earn £200 or whatever as an amateur golfer. Yeah, because yeah, then you a, lose your start. Yeah. And he won a car for this hole in one playing on Charity Golf Day. And he really wanted this car. So he turned professional. <laughs> so he could win this car. And he had to then play two years as a professional before then getting his amateur status back. Yeah. What I'm trying to say there, there's no, unlike football, it's your coach, it's the manager, that the, the scouts tell you, you're not good enough to play this sport. Yeah. And you get dropped and you have to then mm. go and get a job. In golf, it's very, very difficult because you can't, as long as you get back in and support yeah. and you convince the right people and you get you get in the event, you can play forever as a professional. I suppose what's di- different is the definition of a professional without looking up is basically making your living out of doing something whether it be photography or a sport so a professional footballer by definition you earn your salary by playing football but he said i could turn pro tomorrow i could enter comps and never win a penny and yeah. still you could lose prof- for a full yeah, year exactly and still think, be a professional golfer yeah i think there might be too many professional golfers but the best ones are always going to rise to the top yeah. and they the are 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. but that that's where like how many because we had we had the chat last week about um there was a, a guy on on Twitter called Peter Scott, which by the way, I just want to, um, <clears throat> he played in a local PGA event okay. and he was not particularly uh, happy that of the prize money. Uh, he came top 20 and blah, 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 blah. One thing he messaged me afterwards and said, actually, can I get the fact straight? The prize fund was seven grand. The night It was 11 grand. It should have been. Mm-hmm. It got changed the night before to a seven grand oh, prize fund. That's why he wasn't particularly too happy about I the money. Why was that? Because of, Lack not of enough entries. people. Yeah. yeah, it was like a, a local PGA yeah. event. Two days at, at Bolton Go- Bolton Old Links Golf Club. Yeah. Um, but but what's interesting? That, that was one part of the question. When you now flick on Sky Sports News, okay, yeah, and it's fairly likely now within an hour, two hours, golf is now going to come up on Sky Sports News yeah. more than ever before. Yeah. Okay, 
because of Liv. Yeah, that's right. You're sat there, and you've just had the devastating news that your pro might not be able to make it because of money. Yeah. What What's your thoughts before about Liv, mm-hmm. and, and maybe even now? Are you in a different position a week later, or what's your thoughts in general? Um, there's a little bit of frustration there because there's so much money flying around at the top, and none of that has, you know, filtered flat, down. Filtered down. A bit like what the government are trying to do at the moment. They're trying yeah. to filter down no, all this extra Filtering money. down doesn't work, does it? Um, but yeah, it's frustration definitely because, especially when they're saying about growing the game and they want the best, best up and coming pros on their tours, but they haven't been able to keep this um, tour going. That's feed feeds these tours. Um, yeah. Do you think your pro has shut down because of Liv? Do you think there's been a, um, a direct influence there at all? I don't. I don't think it's because of Liv. Um, because think about it: if DP World Tour have had to raise their prize funds yeah. to compete, yeah, that prize fund's been taken from somewhere. Yeah. Does it all get dragged up from lower? A Challenge Tour making less money, mm. therefore Europro making less money, therefore they've got to shut down something. Yeah, I will say it's a good point because a lot of players at my level are more interested in going over to Asia to play in their Q school now. To get on to live? Probably in the long term, yeah. Um, so there was talk about it before the announcement was even made. Uh, a lot of players going over to Asia to play. And then I assumed that since this announcement has been made, you're going to see so many more people go over to Asia to play. But it's where the money is. Um, they're, pumping the, they're pumping money into these developmental tours as well. So... Well, yeah. I'm guessing do that to get world ranking points as well on yeah. on live. So Asian tour and there's yeah. a feed in. Uh, let's say you you had a meeting with a hundred guys from Europro, okay, yeah. Yeah. and and live sat down and said, right, we're going to offer you all X amount of money to come and play on the tour. Do you think almost every one of them would say yes? I think after if someone's been on the tour for four or five years and they've seen what it's like competing at that level and losing money probably most weeks. I think most people would say it would be hard to turn down. Does it surprise you when some of these young lads are joining live? Like the young golfers who are, who are probably similar age to you, yeah. start almost starting their career on DP World Tour or PJ Tour, and they're going to live so early in their career. Does that shock you? I think it does, especially if they keep up the, um, the ban on the players. Um, some of those players could have got PJ Tour starts or DP World Tour starts and they haven't taken them and they've chosen chosen to go on, on the, the live route um, and they might not be able to go back on that decision. So that surprises me. Yeah, it's, it certainly seems like they're not going to budge on letting yeah. them back in from, what, from everything that you've seen at the moment. Yeah. So right now, what's your plan of attack? Like, what are you going to do now next year? Right, like, uh, Not even just next year. What, what do you reckon you're... What's your next five years look like as a dream scenario? Dream scenario? Um, I'd quite like to do it the traditional way, Challenge Tour, DP World Tour. Um, so how do you get on Challenge Tour now? Do you have to qualify for it? Yes, you would have to qualify for it um, or get lucky with invites, but so many people are trying to get those invites that they're really hard to come by. And um, I think, like you said, Clutch Pro, next year that's, unless something else comes up. Uh, that's probably what I'll be playing most of my golf on next year. Um, and then hopefully I have a good year, work my way up, 
and find myself on DP World Tour. You can go to Q School for DP World Tour, can't you, at any stage, as long as you're obviously paying you. Yes. Um, I was actually in Denmark. I got back from Denmark on Saturday and I did um, Q School. I didn't get through, so I won't be playing DP World Tour next year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we could have been having a very different conversation today. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish we were having but, that but conversation. That's... <laughs> We said before about got football and these comparisons that you can't really make, but that's the thing. I obviously I can get I couldn't be a professional golfer anyway, but there's no way I can play for Liverpool, is there? There's no way I can play for Chelsea. It's just not going to happen. You might be able to play for United at the moment. That's true. <laughs> um, but there's this magic about the fact. Imagine if I went, you know what? I'm going to take a year off work. I'm going to practice every day. I'm going to go for you know as long as I pay money, I can get to European Tour qualifying. And it's like was it six or eight rounds to get through or whatever it might the, be? So there's three stages and the final stage is six rounds. Oh, so there's a lot it's of stages. Actually, yeah. mental, isn't it? To try and qualify through it's, few it's a the, proper test. But there's that romantic, like that that romance about romance about it that like you could do. It's you're a bit not like playing in the open, exactly. Open and that, qualifying. That's the thing. It's like you know, obviously, I would never ever be anywhere remotely close. But it's that thing that you could play the lottery a little yeah. bit. So that's why I guess it, it is that kind of romantic thing where your dream is always within, kind of just within yeah. grasp. Yeah. Like it's not like I say, it's not like you can go for six trials and suddenly you get into <laughs> Liverpool football. Exactly. Team. You just can't do it. It's well, like, uh, sorry, um, when the Tour Championships, because it's double money on, on the Euro Pro Tour, if you win that, you are more than likely to go on Challenge Tour. So there is a chance... If I win that and do have that like dream week yeah. that you're on about, that I will be playing Challenge Tour golf next year. So, um, well, yeah. And is Challenge Tour a level where you can make a good living off it? Obviously, again, the goal would always be DP World, but I guess because, again, the prize fund increases on Challenge Tour. It does increase, but so does your cost because it's all over yeah. the place. And so does your competition. And I competition guess. is much harder. It gets harder. Yeah. Have you got a world ranking right now? Uh, I don't have a world ranking, no. Right now, yeah. bear all. <laughs> what's lacking in your game to get to the next levels is there anything i'm guessing there yeah. is yeah. What, what is it how are you going to address it yeah and, and and is there areas of your game that you think you're almost t- like miles off from or is it not no not miles off i think it's very fine margins at the on the pro level um like what's the strength in your game uh, th- this year it's been my short game but historically Long game has been my strength, and this year that's not been there as much. Um, I think being on the playing pro golf for one year, I've learned a lot, and I think going forward, um, I've learned stuff this year that will will really help me going forward. Um, like the schedule at pro golf, I've done six weeks in a row a couple of times, and at amateur golf, I'd, I never did that. You'd have one or two tournaments a month maybe, so it's more spread out. So say if you played bad in a tournament, you'd have a couple of weeks to work on things, but you might play bad in pro golf and you've got another tournament next week and you need to find your game. But that can be good and bad, though. It is. If you're playing well, you can use it as very good momentum. Yeah. Um, but if you're playing bad, it, you know you need to snap out of it pretty quick. And yeah. it's hard to do that in tournament golf and under pressure. Do you feel suddenly now you've turned pro that every every shot matters more? Like have you, Is that mindset? Because obviously... This is what's funding your future. Like, yeah. is that, the, you know, this whole idea of putting for your mortgage is much easier than putting for the Wednesday medal? Yeah. Like, uh, I think if you, you've obviously, if you turn in pro, you've taken golf seriously before that, and uh, you need to build good habits before you turn pro and yeah. almost have that mentality as an amateur golfer, like every shot matters because yeah. it could be the difference between you getting an England pick or some, some or Walker Cup, like we were on about. 
Um, so I've always kind of thought that way, like, you know, w- wasting shots and things like that. That's, you're not going to be a good pro anyway. That's so. a good tip. Don't waste shots. That's what we always <laughs> do. Ah, that's not, <laughs> so you're not supposed to make bogeys and doubles. No, not from oh, middle of the fairway, uh, right. 50 yards out, though. Do, does it, though? Do you, <laughs> you definitely, <see>, <laughs> definitely <laughs> watch my videos. <laughs> does it, true? obviously, when you've been an elite amateur stand like you have obviously at college and for England like that must be pressure obviously you can handle that pressure which is proven but truthfully does it feel different playing for money or do you have to be in that mindset where it doesn't affect you otherwise because I mean if I had a put for a grand I'd be shaking like a leaf and I'd miss it but for you guys you must have to be able to compose yourself I imagine just to, to get to the level you're at but but deep down does it feel different um it might be in the back of your mind but you've got to put it to the back of your mind and stick to your routine and you know, don't change anything. It's just like any other shot. Because you could miss a three-footer on the first hole of the tournament and you could miss a three-footer on the last hole of the tournament. They both meant the same. They both yeah, count the same. Very true. Um, but yeah, it's in the back of your mind a little bit. Yeah. Like. But you like to say, like, a three, if you miss a three-footer for birdie, it doesn't feel as bad as missing a three-footer for bogey. Yeah. yeah. Like, they always feel worse to it's miss, don't they? 100%. The mindset but they're, thing. they're worth the same. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Weird scenario. Okay. Okay. You yeah. versus Rory McIlroy. Yeah. Okay. Over four rounds. Yeah. Okay. Mm. You pick the course. Old course, let's say. I'll okay. pick the course. Old course. <laughs> he's, he's he's played pretty well though. <laughs> <He has. laughs> what do you reckon the score difference would be? Um what is he averaging? Sixty eight. Well he shot sixty six, sixty six over the weekend. His average for the year is about sixty eight, is that? Yeah, I think he was the say? first player since Tiger in whatever year, to have a stroke average under 69? It's a tough question to answer, isn't it? Yeah, no. Uh, so I've averaged 70 this year uh, on probably less um, challenging, challenging courses. courses. Um, so I'd say probably eight shots. Over four rounds. So two shots around. Somewhere. Yeah, I'm just going off averages there. <laughs> I might play well. He might have a shocker, but. but that's what's crazy about golf. Like you could go out tomorrow with eighteen because we've done videos of tour pros before, elite tour pros, and sometimes they go out like Minwoo Lee and actually shoot the lights out. And you're like, oh my god, how's this guy not the world number one? <laughs> and then equally, you got with tour pros again, established big names, and they might shoot one or two hundred, yeah. not really look yeah. that impressive. So you could go out tomorrow and beat Rory, and we yeah. see that sometimes you go yeah, sixty six, yeah. seventy six. It's, it's, it's just funny, that consistency, yeah. isn't it, over time? Yeah, it's funny in the pro ams. The pro-ams at Europro are a very different vibe to the tournament days, obviously. And um, you see some of the scores. Someone might shoot 75, and then the first round they shoot 63 of the tournament. It's like, oh, oh, I actually feel that's like it's the way it's to do it. other way round. I thought you were going to tell to me then the pro-am, because they're chilled and relaxed, they go out and shoot 64, and then the tournament no. they go and shoot 78 or Usually something. Usually tournament scores are better than pro Is that right? Wow. I actually honestly thought... Yeah. It might be the other way around because there's no pressure yeah. in the program. It feels like a bit of a hit and giggle. Like. Yeah, you might go at a few pins that you wouldn't usually, but I'd say overall the scores in the tournament are probably better. That's well, it brings us on quite on. nicely to the video idea we've got today. Hold that thought for a second. Yeah. While you've just said that, the video idea today, right? Yeah. So, so Reese is going to join us on a video which will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. We're going to go with complete coincidence because I'd already arranged the golf course before knowing you were coming on the podcast. We're going to <laughs> Sandyway, which is your... Home golf course. Yeah, home course. I I left out a detail as well. I've got the the course record there as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> brilliant. Right, this might work very much into your favour. We've yeah. got a challenge for you, okay? Yeah. You are going to be playing today, yeah. okay? And for every birdie you make, mm-hmm. you will get a cash prize. 
Okay. Bogies don't matter. All right. Doubles don't matter. You are playing a hundred percent attack mode. Okay. At the moment, it stands. If you want to play off the members tees, yeah. So the yellow tees, let's call it. Yeah. I'll give you a hundred pound a birdie. Okay. If you want to play off the white or the next furthest back tees, one hundred and fifty. Yeah. A birdie. If you want to play off the furthest back tees, I don't know if there is another back tee. Yeah, after like that, the plates. Yeah. At one hundred and two hundred pound a birdie. Well, that's going to be the same for the whole round. Once you pick your tee, so you, you can you can it. choose that when we get to the golf course. Keep everyone okay. watching this video in suspense. <laughs> How does that sound? Yeah, I'm up for it. Let's do. It. I want to see. I want to see a lot of birdies. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Attack mode everywhere. Are you going attack mode as well? I'm not playing. I'm just, gonna, playing? I'm just. I'm just. I'm going to be sat there trying to put you off. <laughs> I'm going to take an air horn. <laughs> it's my money. I'm giving you every birdie. So I'm like, no, no. no I'm going to fully support you. I'll be. I'll be backing you all the yeah. way. Um, right now on video, how many birdies do you reckon you can make on a nice chilled out uh, um, Monday in October? If I don't make five or six, I'll be disappointed. Um, uh, we won't ask for what tea yet. We'll let you choose. Yeah, we'll wait for the tea. tea. We'll wait for the yeah. tea. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Yeah. That? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I literally can't lose. <laughs> like, what's your plan for next year with the Euro Pro? Well, I'm not bothered. I'm just going to play on Rick's year. <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep milking him. <laughs> yeah, new, t new tour idea. Rick, yeah. I've got a new one who can do. I think it'd be a birdie tour. How, funny would, how, how yeah. good would that idea be? You were saying different formats. It'd go. be very entertaining. It would. would actually be sick, that one, it? Well, the plan originally was you were going to break 75, weren't we? Yeah. But we thought this is a, a one-off. Let's get something really different in the can. So I'm very, very. We know a good video when we're excited to see it. Like I'm dead excited like, to go. I film can't it. wait to know how many birdies you make. Like I'm like, what, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself, how many is possible? And there's no. If you, we said if you go out of bounds or hit a bad shot, like just next hole. Just go on next just, hole. Like literally, yeah. it's just drive all it guns. everywhere. Full send. Absolute <laughs> full send. Um, so that, that'll be, that, that's a really fun video coming soon. So hopefully that might kickstart your clutch tour journey yeah. potentially for next year get in the habit of making loads of birdies yeah maybe <laughs> the next event maybe that is boss rolex on i was like reese what you watch from our oh, rick shields <laughs> <laughs> every week he wants to try and play me for this birdie challenge <laughs> um sorry were you gonna ask a question before? i was but i've forgotten now um i, I can't remember what it was i can't remember um okay so at the moment you Euro Pro's not happening. You're going to go clutch tour. Hopefully going to see you on DP World Tour, whatever that may look like in the future. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued and excited to see how it all pans out. Um, I'm sure it's quite nervous time for you and the, your fellow pros in that yeah. in that space because it's like uncertainty is never is never good. But mm. hopefully it yeah. turns into something good Yeah. Um, and, and kind of see where it goes on from there, really. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, just keep the game good and hopefully when an opportunity comes around and take it and i tell you what there was a quick question actually i wanted to ask you very quickly because again i think people listeners viewers perception of tour pro is is rory yeah. tiger whoever it may be at your level do you get sponsors um they're hard to come by uh i think it's a, a little bit about all about who you know and um but i'd say maybe 50 Fifty percent of probably people my level have a sponsor. And when is that? Just a, a, a businessman who will stump up your entry fees. Yeah, more like such. that. So, well, and, you might, and you might wear their business on your sleeve or something. Yeah, that that's more. That's the people who you're going to get money from. Um, like I've always worked with uh, Titleist and Under Armour, but that isn't monetary. That's just um, you know free free gear and equipment. I mean, that must be nice for you though, in the sense that 
I'm sh- is there some guys going to your pro like struggling for for pro v ones, for example? Yeah, probably. There's players that probably don't get clubs, and it's nice that I don't have to worry about that. Like you get clubs, you get clothes as well, do you? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and then you just have you just have an investor that backs you for your tournaments, etc. This year, I have um, done quite a lot of it myself and my family, and then uh, my management company. Ignis have been there in case I needed anything. Right. Um, but yeah, it, like having a a sponsor or a couple sponsors each year would definitely take some pressure off. It's just finding the right the right. You people. make enough birdies today. Yeah. Our rest logo. No pressure. <laughs> I think that'll work quite nicely. Well, it, it's been fascinating, interesting. Yeah. It feels like it's a world of golf that I reckon a lot of the viewers and listeners won't know about. Yeah. Uh, like I say, it's kind of third level of golf, but hopefully you'll continue into second and the Premier League at some point in your life. Yeah. Um, keep it up. Keep practicing hard. I'm sure you will. Yeah. Uh, and let's go make some birdies around Sandy Way. And the video will be coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Reese. That was class, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great.